0: Well, listen, I'm trapped in an airport again. I have to say that the carpet uh, here on the floor at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport smells a lot better than the Miami Airport. So it's got that going for it. But, man, it's hella crowded, so you can hear some people boarding in the background. I apologize for that. But here's here's what I wanted to ask you all about uh, right off the bat. I was thinking recently... it's been my experience that people really enjoy like being outside, like going on hikes, being at the creek. Like I get this Patagonia catalog where basically it's this whole lifestyle of uh, people spending time outside. And I have to, I, I it dawned on me recently that like I don't get it. Like what uh <laughs> like you're just kind of like walking around, nothing's happening. You're definitely not keeping up on tech news. N- you know, and and you just you just like like I don't understand the enjoying nature aspect of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of reminds me of uh, that scene in Train Spotting where they go out to the the Scottish countryside, and he's like, mm. "It's the great outdoors," <laughs> and he's like, "This is shite."
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's just like um, there's just not a lot going on out there. I don't, I don't. But I thought to...
2: Coach a, I thought you were a camper. I thought, I thought that was the case. Is that not true? Uh, do I, am I, I making I'm, that up? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm a late bloomer camper. You know, I'm a camper, but I enjoy, like, having activities to do. You know, it's sort of like, you know, you, first you got to pack up all your—and and now that I'm in, in my uh, early 40s, I think I finally have gotten over getting upset about the project management of packing. I just—I've uh, got a very Buddhist approach. Just, just things are happening around me that end up in the car, and I have no control over them, and I just become one with the chaos of packing. Uh, and no. so, so you got the packing and then you got to set up your campsite and then you're going to, uh, you got to set up your, uh, your tent though. I usually have my wife do that and I don't know, you make some dinner, but yeah. But then there's the notion to that point of, of there's always this idea that you're going to go hiking while you're camping.
2: And, well, I think, you know, I don't get it here is, but I think your complaint is hiking. Hiking is a bad activity. Like, or is it just, yeah, everything where? Because I, I understand where you, I, I come down on the fact yeah, that uh, yeah. no, I think, hike, hiking is kind of boring. Like I, that's kind of, I guess, especially if it's just a simple, like non-technical hike, like that's where you just got to have the podcasts going in your ears. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, But I, I don't know. I don't know, Matt, right. You seem like you're in favor of hiking. What's the, what's the pro of hiking?
1: <laughs> well, i am definitely, definitely, uh, I'm not much of a camper per se. Right. You know, you, you're just in for, you know, you're gonna go get dirty and get a bad night's sleep that's Mm. that's my sum up of 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 camping Even, even car camping right which is probably my preferred method um but like i like a good hike i like a long hike um you know go out uh you know walk around um with or without uh headphones you know both both styles are good i mean i actually uh do a fair amount of trail running so it's Maybe I'm I'm the the Kermijan on this this side, but I like I like just getting some fresh air and moving around, you know, um, yeah, yeah. away from cars and people and noise. I mean, right? I mean, I
0: I like I like the idea of it, you know, but <laughs> but it's just like I often find myself. It's just like I don't I I don't I can't get into it and to and mm-hmm. and and then as a comparison, so just being there at the campsite. As long as I'm not just, like, battling over nonsense. Not that that would ever happen in my personal life. Uh, yeah, I guess it's fun. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leery of it being just an excuse to drink. Uh, but, no, yeah. you know, there's always that. But then, And then also yeah. to some extent, like, like, I don't mind so much, like, fishing. But fish, fishing is basically just uh, learning to put up with nothing happening. And, you know, like, like you, you can do the thing where you cast that allure and you reel it back in, but there's nothing happening Or you,
1: but I enjoy that. And, and see that, that, that is the worst to me. Like mm. hiking, at least you're moving. Fishing is standing and doing nothing, you know, punctuated by like, Mm. you know, maybe taking a worm out of a fish's mouth, but I'd rather go on a hike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not the outdoors that I'm against. It's just, it's just hiking. Which, I, I don't know, I need to figure this out. Well, this has been some good therapy uh, to, wor- to work out, uh, what's going on there. But, uh, well, anyhow, first of all, y'all did a good job uh, in my absence last week. It was a very entertaining episode. Informative as well. <laughs> I enjoyed it. That was great. Like, I, I did pretty much nothing. It was wonderful. So uh, so that was good. And then also, uh, if, if you're in the uh, Software Defined Slack channel, which you can sign up for by going to com slash slack you would know that we have lots of stickers, and uh, there's if you want to get one of these stickers, either you can find us out at some conference. If you've met the well-dressed man at reInvent this week, uh, he, he apparently has been giving out like three or four, so his KPIs are just out the roof. Um, but we have uh, all sorts of stickers to give away, and if you want to fill out the, uh, the listener survey that we have that we'll put a link to, we'll, uh, I think there's an address entry on there, and we'll definitely send you one or two or something like that. And uh, yeah, so we got these fancy little stickers. Brandon worked on these. They're they're very nice. They're die cut. They're not transparent, so they're uh, exactly what you'd be looking for. And uh, we just have a couple other things to uh, to 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 mention while we're up here. So one, um, we've been thinking about doing some uh, new types of of formats, as we're always talking about. And uh, I think I think since Matt Ray is going to be here in town, we're going to have like a little uh, happy hour thing where you get together face to face with us in Austin. Uh, So book your flights now. But anyways. Uh, this is great because like I know that I should always do these meetup things but you know I don't really want to be the only person sitting there just being like ha ah, podcast <laughs> <laughs> and so it'll be nice like hey Brandon guys. Brandon and Matt will be there for me to hide behind and I'll just go use the yeah. restroom a lot and uh, not yeah. have to talk with people but no all joking aside I, I'm here in Charlotte and I met an astounding like four or five listeners uh, yesterday that I hung out with and they were they were just great. It was nice catching up with them and uh, talking to, about them. No, not about them. Talking with them about various things.
1: Uh, Always good to meet a listener. Yeah, yeah. And
0: then, and then also, uh, I, I don't think Matt will be able to participate in this, but uh, at the January 16th Cloud Austin meetup, we're going to try our first live recording of a show, Brandon and I. Maybe, maybe we'll get a guest on. I'm, I'm thinking maybe we'll get... Uh, uh, tasty Meats Paul, on if he
1: wants to be on. That would be fun. He
0: seems to always show up at mm. those things, so we could just pull him over there
1: and uh, get a little uh, Australian flavor there.
0: Yeah, see, it'll be it'll be almost like you're there, Matt.
1: Good <laughs> <G'day. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I,
0: I I finally had lunch with him a few days ago, and um, uh-huh. I don't know how this came up, but I asked him what the Australian word for redneck redneck was, and he said uh-huh. bogan. Bogan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, how did he describe it? He said it's basically like, like rednecks, except if they liked really fast cars or something like that. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but uh, I don't know.
1: Well, what about NASCAR?
0: I mean, mm, come on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. once he started talking about it, I, I had in my head that idea of like the, uh, the British chav character. And I think I might be mixing hmm. those up. So I'm, Oh, I know the key salient point he told me is they, they often will be wearing one or more pieces of denim. So I think that's uh, that's that's what you want to look for. Have you encountered any of these uh, these bogans
1: Matt Ray? Oh sure, oh sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of a. Uh... So they're doing this like free bike project thing uh, in in Melbourne, and uh, you know there are these bikes you can hop on them and you know drop them off, and you know it's this bike sharing thing, and. I uh, noticed that I saw one of them up in a tree <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I mentioned it to my, my, my Melbourne, um, coworkers and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you, you try to give, you know, Australians, you know, something, uh, something nice and they're probably going to do, you know, the unexpected with it. They, they, apparently they pulled some 30 bikes out of the Yarra river in Melbourne. Um, people are just, you know, hopping up off these bikes and, you know, tossing them in the, the river when they're done with them. And so, uh, my coworker was me, you know, he was walking down the, the river and the nice, uh, Esplanade and everything. And this, uh, tank top, probably jean shorts wearing, um, rat tailed having guy just riding this, this free bike as fast as he can jumps off. That's the ghost rider off the bike and the bike goes straight into a restaurant <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wow
1: so so yeah I mean it's it's kind of an ongoing joke about you know bikes and trees and because we mentioned this to uh, some folks in Singapore where they have a, a very thriving bike share program. And um, every single bike in Singapore is probably returned in better condition than when you got it.
0: <laughs> they take it to the uh, repair shop, fill up the air. Yes. Very nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, so there's a little bit of difference between Singapore and, and Australia. But mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, can, it, I can
0: imagine. So this episode is dedicated to people who wear one or more pieces of denim. And anyway, I, I, remember, I remember how it came up. We were at a conveyor belt sushi place. And, uh, you know, obviously, when you're hanging out with someone named Tasty Meets Paul, you want to ask about food. And he was telling me that he went to go pick up a, uh, a wheelbarrow because he got asked to go up to a sort of festival and his friends wanted uh, him to help represent Australian cuisine at this festival or barbecuing. Uh, so he, he got a wheelbarrow so he could bury it in the ground and, and use it as a grill. You know, just put a grill thing on top of it uh, to grill mm-hmm. things on. And so instantly being the uh, progressive thinking kind person I am, I'm like, oh, is that like an Australian thing to like grill in a wheelbarrow? And he said no, but then that, that launched him to, <laughs> to, to Bogans. <laughs> so it's, so it could always start cooking in a wheelbarrow. Uh, there you go. Well, uh, you know, uh, this week, uh, obviously, if you're listening uh, in, in a timely fashion, it's been everyone's favorite conference. The Amazon Web Services reInvent, lowercase re colon uppercase I invent going on. There's been a, a whole slew of announcements, which Brandon very valiantly live blogged or live slacked uh, yesterday, so it'll be fun to hear about his uh, impressions, uh, hearing right. about it uh, face-to-face. But first of all, you did such a uh, uh, you know nice uh, job last time doing our ad for SolarWinds, and we'll get to that after a bunch of miscellaneous news, Brandon. But this episode, uh, as last one and the one next week, is, is sponsored by SolarWinds and uh, we'll have Brandon come back in just a little bit to tell you what's going on there and, uh, as I recall, how you can get a, a lovely T-shirt uh, if if, mm-hmm. uh, if you're interested in that. I was I was explaining to Kim uh, the other day about our previous advertiser and who they are, and then it turns out I was wearing the comfortable T-shirt underneath so I could show her later in the day, but it's always good to collect shirts. So anyways.
1: Um, always on message.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm always working for that, that paper. <laughs> Got to get it. Anyways, uh, there's a few miscellaneous items we should clear the decks of. Uh, I'll just run through these quickly. So first of all, uh, I think was this last week. Uh, it, it turns out Meg Whitman done a good job. Mm-hmm. She's leaving, Yeah. and uh, she she's <laughs> per, she's promoted uh, Might someone. Drop. That's right, someone Might internally. Drop. Yeah. And and there's been several good write ups about it. I, I I don't know if I linked to the one that was good, but there was a good one that basically managed to jam into a paragraph all of the accomplishments uh, that she had under her. And I think well you know especially judging from the previous couple of people uh in her position uh seems to have done a pretty good job at it and and she'll remain on the board and and you got uh, uh what's his name someone antonio i think who's taking over so uh there you go it's probably i don't know if it's a halo sort of thing but it's it it would be interesting to see if it if it uh becomes acknowledged as like well this house stopped burning down so
1: good yeah, on you for that yeah i i, I think i think um I, I know a fair number of HPE folks over here <laughs> and they're going through a major round of reorg and, and layoffs and whatnot. And so, you know, when you start talking with them uh, there's some recognition that, yeah, she did stop the bleeding, um, you know, straighten things up, set a coherent roadmap. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's a very different company than when she started, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Or Absolutely. very different like two companies.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and then they even spun off the services stuff to uh, what used to be DXC, CSI, yeah. not CSI, Computer uh, Sciences Corp, CSC, CSC. Yeah. So it's sort of almost yeah. like there's been uh, three different companies there, now.
1: Right, right. Spun mm-hmm. off some of the networking and. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know that that'll, that'll be fun to watch. Every time I bookmark something about this, I still force myself to put in HP and HPE because I, I just let, mm. you know. What do, you, what do you do with tags that are 10 years old? I'm not going to go change all of those. So then also, uh, in relevant news about what we do all the time, always speaking at meetups, oh, okay. I, I, I guess this kind of acquisition makes sense. I used to spend a lot of time when I worked at M&A just making up stories about synergies, which is always fun. And uh, so the WeWork people, who seem to be doing quite well, they bought Meetup, uh, which is interesting. I guess the notion is uh, there's probably a lot of meetup things going on at WeWork, I don't know, probably. but, but that's a, that's an interesting uh, sort of acquisition for them to have. Going from a, <laughs> a real estate company to, I guess, a meeting organizing company, it actually kind of makes a lot of sense if, uh, if you think about it. That's the kind of acquisition that someone does and they're like, we're inventing the future. We just need the right assets.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make… Uh, this large vehicle transport system that has dedicated stops everywhere <laughs> mm, yes exactly
0: <laughs>
2: there is a for people who want to know more, more about the we work thing there's a good episode of uh, how i built this with the uh, uh founder of we work he tells you the story but i don't know if it's counter to the narrative but you know the thing they talk about is that they didn't necessarily know tech right and they really were like a real estate company and they'd kind of just you know, at, the, at least in, in that story, he tells us more like, hey, staying to the bread and butter of like, we know how to come in uh, rehab buildings, make them cool and sell real estate or rent real estate. Um, mm-hmm. And they'd stayed out of the tech stuff. So it was interesting to see them because, I, I mean, I do think on on the face of it, you're like, makes total sense. Uh, maybe a more cynical take is just like, oh, these guys are just trying to get a little, a little tech valuation, right? You know, we're not a real estate company. We're a, you know, high growth SaaS platform. So I don't. It uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. It would be interesting to see if they're a good steward, if a real estate company is a good steward of a technology company or if this is another case of the technology takes over. It'd be interesting yeah. to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be great if when you're booking a meetup thing, not that I do that a lot, you could just be like, click here to pay like $50 or $100 and get like a cool space. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, that, that'd, that be would nice. be, that'd be uh, That'd be good stuff. It's really hard to find affordable spaces for uh, talking about nerd stuff late at night. Which is kind of ridiculous because it's not like that space is used for anything, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Insurance. I think that's it's probably that's, uh, insurance, uh, the right? Yeah.
1: yeah, that's the WeWork angle, right? We got all these buildings, nobody's here after five. So, four, so there, six, five, so five. there's a
0: few other items I just want to point to. You can look in the show notes. It'll be at uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash-one-thirteen-one. There's uh, there's a couple of notable uh, going private things going on. Everyone's favorite airport advertiser, Barracuda. Has uh, mm-hmm. is being acquired. I don't know anything about that, but it makes me think of that heart song. And then, uh, of course, Brandon pointed out that uh, Arby's is buying Wingstop. Now, I recently—is it Wingstop? Is that right? That's right. So, I recently, Brandon, I'm I'm going to credential you here so you can comment on this. I was recently at your house, and it turns out you have a football viewing room to rival LBJ. You have four screens in there, so you can watch all the wow. games. So I feel like you must know about Wingstop cuz that's a football related venue, right? Sports people go there.
2: Yeah, I mean they definitely uh I think cater to sports, but I honestly haven't been to Wingstop, but I you know just anytime there's a an acquisition in some kind of like red meat space I was just, I guess in this case it's red meat and chicken white meat. <laughs> red but meat I was, and white I just meat. felt I felt like this is important to the listeners. I don't I don't I don't really know. I mean I don't even have anything in common. It's like, is it a good synergy? I have no idea. I just, I really don't. I don't eat at either place, and, and at least I haven't maybe in the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, but one at one point eight Arby's, it was good. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> see <laughs> what to do. That
0: that would be. <laughs> I mean, that that would be if you know. There's the of course the nihilist Arby's tweeter. If there was I, the sort no, of I was to say. if if there was sort of the ambivalent Arby's tweeter, I think that's what they would be tweeting. It's like, I I ate at Arby's once. I'm you know I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just hope there's a Nihilist wing stop to go with it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Those chickens were going to die yeah. anyway. Eat their wings. Wings. Yeah. wings.
2: They're usually good. Probably try them out, like in your local airport or wherever. Or and, wherever. And, you, and, and, yeah, if you need to watch football, go, probably go to
0: the wing place. Mm, there you go. Yeah, we had some – they always take me to a wing place around there. It's it's uh, around here. It's, it's pretty good. Anyways, so the penultimate thing before we have a uh, slight discussion on something. I mentioned this on the Exegesis podcast earlier this week where we talked about like uh, tech columns using me as uh, thinking about how I write editorial stuff in the, in the tech space, which you can subscribe to if you go to patreon.com slash sdt and sign up for as little as a dollar uh, or more. Anyways, uh, I mentioned this article, but it's worth mentioning again. There's a really good write-up in uh, Computer Weekly about how the uh, OpenStack Big Ten Theory has been uh, uh, concluded not to be cool. And so they're, they're not doing that anymore. And it's a good for the context of stuff we talk about here a lot. Especially in thinking about things like uh, Kubernetes and everything, it's a good overview of one approach to dealing with a uh, open source. uh, I don't know community, or it's it's good context for that. So, finally, what I wanted to ask, uh, so you know, there's a bunch of uh, net neutrality stuff going on at the moment, and and as as Matt Ray pointed out, share has been up to something. I don't really know what's happening there, but you know, (laughs) I was I was reading a pretty good article that was like kind of uh, what it would look like. Um, and you know, with stuff like, uh, you'll get a fast lane access or you'll be able to do stuff like this with video. And I mean, I realized this was a little naive, but thinking about like the networking access I have, like it doesn't necessarily feel like it would be that different, right? Like, like with all of the various internets that I have, like some stuff is free and stuff, some stuff isn't free, right? Like you get your video streaming service stuff for free and you get these other things for free. And then right off the bat, my home internet is terrible. And so I guess, like, I mean, is the idea that if you didn't have, I guess, what's the opposite of neutrality? Net opinionation? Um, like, is the idea that like AT and T would just shut off URLs for me or something? Like, what, uh, what's, what's, and, yeah. and what's going to happen?
1: <laughs> well, there, there, there are a couple of uh, good recent write-ups like diving into it. Uh, I guess I'll try to bring in some some links. I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, but uh, well, sorry, uh to, Doctorow, sorry, to spring that on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Doctor from uh the the sci-fi author EFF uh evangelist guy had a good write-up about, you know, what it does. Um obviously Ben Thompson his uh he uh, dove into the waters and stirred the hornet's nest. Uh, I guess it was an underwater underwater hornet's nest. Um with with <laughs> his write-up about like, you know, let it fail. Um which is is again why the hornet's nest got stirred up. But essentially, what happens is if if internet providers don't try to if if they are allowed to control the content that is moving across their lines, they will do things like give uh, lean on content producers to make them pay extra. You know, so they go to Netflix and tell Netflix, you know, hey, you have to you have to pay us x amount of dollars, even though it's the same bits. You know, we our our customers are buying you know, unlimited access, but sixty percent of that is Netflix. Mm. We you know, Netflix, you have to charge us more. Or we're gonna throttle you and give our users degraded service. And the users are like, hey, I was just here to buy the buffet, right? Yeah. And and, 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 you they, know, and, they, and
0: they don't already do that? Like even even by virtue yeah. of here is it's one thing to degrade performance, but it seems mm-hmm. like I don't know if this is true, but it seems like and I'm doing air quotes an okay practice is to have the option to buy better service. Right. Like, and I seem to remember hearing that like people like Netflix have deals with various telcos for like caching or something. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so that's where things get kind of complicated. If, if, if you get into the, the slippery slope of, you know, buying better access, well then any video provider, you know, your, your Comcast or, you know, AT&T or Time Warner just turns around and says, um, you're going to get the worst performance unless you pay us. And, and so right, it becomes right. a barrier to entry for new competition, you know, because only only YouTube and Netflix are going to be able to pay, um, and or, you know, your uh, your your Comcast says, you know what, we own we own NBC, and uh, we're going to degrade CBS, and um, you, know, you 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 know, we're going to degrade every streaming service except for NBC.
0: Mm, I see. I see. Right. I, I, mean, I yeah, mean. I So I guess, there's all I guess, sorts uh, of- and 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 is there pretty high confidence? I mean. I realize how ridiculous this sounds. This is a pretty high confidence that that would happen if uh, there were no regulations. Yes, because
1: it has it <laughs> yeah, has repeatedly, yeah. right? You know, they they say things like, um, "You know, we are a phone carrier providing internet service. Um, we're going to block VoIP."
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I mean, you've seen it; it's happened repeatedly, and you know the there are there are examples, um, and then countries that don't have net neutrality um have packages like that where they're like, you know what, you buy this data plan of a gigabyte a month, and for an extra $10, you can have unlimited Skype. Um, yeah, you know, for an extra, yeah. you know, $5, you can have all the Twitter you want. And we won't charge you for that. And so then it starts to become this like, you know, nickel and diming cable package of internet service, um, which is what you know the carriers want. Um but the fact of the matter is they've been granted this essential monopoly on infrastructure they didn't build um and you know they're just rent seekers so you know might as well just tell them hey don't filter the content you know if you can't provide enough deal with it um you know build more bandwidth or you know your customers will go somewhere else yeah yeah so yeah. so
0: yeah well, That that makes sense why it would be annoying if that went away
1: and it's it's of course there's all sorts of you know regulatory nuance to it which is where ben thompson went he like you know the pros and cons and you know what happens if you don't pass these rules what happens with what you have today you know there's we're still not getting good competition um yeah. and so he he's worried that if you start monkeying with the regulatory rules you're going to have uh unexpected consequences yeah well
0: you know i think i think uh you know as usual just Right after we return all that cash to corporations and they immediately give everyone a raise instead of just doing dividends and share <laughs> buybacks, uh, yes. you know, clearly we can also remove this regulation and uh, the corporations
1: will do the right thing uh, by us. So hey, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Tri- trickle down economics works, works well.
0: Mm-hmm. Just trickle down to where? You got to follow the, the, the way it trickles.
1: Anyhow. I'm going to go buy some stock.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so I've heard that tech companies are doing very well. And, you know, I haven't checked, but probably one of them is uh, helping sponsor us this week. You want to tell us about SolarWinds, Brandon? I certainly do.
2: This week's episode is uh, sponsored by the SolarWinds Cloud. And as you may know, the Solowinds Cloud is the next evolution of the portfolio portfolio that delivers comprehensive, simple, and disrupt- disruptively affordable full-stack monitoring for cloud workloads built on a common, seamlessly integrated SaaS-based platform. Their newest product, App Optics, combines distributed application tracing and infrastructure monitoring, dashboards, and alerting, all in a single tool. So as I said last week, I didn't really practice the ad read. So it didn't really get any better. But uh, as Matt Ray and I discussed many times, it's very simple. I'm going to make it real simple. Like, guys, you're building some kind of application, maybe news to everyone. Sometimes your applications has problems. So what do you want to do? You want to monitor that. You want to see, like, some CPU, some memory, see what's happening. You want to trace the path people are taking. Uh, and then if something real bad happens, is you, you, know, you want to get emailed or t- uh, texted letting you know. So you should go try apt- Optics. And if you do, If you go to solarwinds.com slash sdt, that's again www.solarwinds.com slash sdt, you can sign up uh, for their product, check it out, and if you do a couple things, they will send you a t-shirt. And if for some reason, somehow you hear this before reinvent is over, you can stop by the booth. See them; they'll give you a T-shirt there, and they even—I think—they even have a couple of Software Defined Talk stickers. So that will take somebody who's really on listening to this podcast before the show is over. But we really appreciate them uh, sponsoring. So we want you guys to all try Apt Optics, and most importantly, when you sign up or when you see them in the booth, tell them the people at Software Defined
0: Talk sent you. So check it out. Yeah, they got that. You know, it's uh. You know, I'm I'm a little old school. I always like the management suite that does pretty much everything, nicely integrated. You know, good old good old mom style stuff. I don't know if this is a bad what? pitch. Is it okay to talk about moms nowadays? I forget. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, one throat to choke. That's yeah. right. You and and it's right, also single it's, pane of
2: glass. One throat to coach. We have to choke. We have them all.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Choke your mom's throat. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But uh, more seriously, yeah, you know, and and I I think nowadays, like uh, we were lucky way back when that we actually worked on a uh, a hosted systems management thing, an ASP, uh, which was fun. And and it just, uh, I remember that was my first exposure to basically enterprise software. And then I learned that people like to install it on premise, and uh, you know, it was it was it was a negative epiphany in my life where I was like, well, people are really crazy. Why, why would you want to run this on your own? And, uh, you know, in fact, I think most why of the, would
1: you why would you want to pay 10 times as much?
0: <laughs> I think, I think most of the third level support stuff I had to do was based on just like some wacky install that someone had on premise instead of running in a hosted way. So it's always good to have a hosted version, uh, to help you out mm. with stuff. So
1: Speaking yeah, hosted versions.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, so, so thanks for them. And, and we'll, we'll remind you at the end of the episode, hopefully, but yeah, just go to, uh, what was that URL? Brandon? com slash sdt yeah who doesn't like a t-shirt i know i don't i mean wait i know i do like it that's why you never do double negatives but yeah so as we're talking about uh so it's it still is uh aws reinvent the uh the the largest sort of uh cloudy conference out there nowadays i think and man Mm -hmm. there were a lot of announcements yesterday about products going on. Now, I, a lot. I think they moved from, what, 50,000 services to over 2 million, if if, if, I, <laughs> if I was keeping count, something like that. Yep. But more seriously, yep. I think uh, I think the number they threw out is that they were at a uh, run rate of uh, $18 billion in revenue. I have to guess that's based on uh, the third quarter. And I would imagine even in a business like Amazon, there's a bunch of big deals that come in in Q4. So that run rate will probably go up a little bit once Q4 closes. You know, the run rate being just like, what was your past three months times four? And then you get like a big number So never do a runway based on Q1 Bad idea Always do it in the uh, third or fourth quarter Um, Anyhow So yeah they seem to be doing well uh, Financially Lots of people are moving there Also I think we learned that Goldman Sachs is a software company Which is great I don't know (laughs) if that's some sort of move to get out of regulations They need to put up with uh, But they can join other people like Domino's Pizza Who are no longer in the pizza business And deliver DVDs to your door Also a software company but you know, kidding aside, it's always fun to see. Um, there was some bullet points about uh, Goldman. You just say Goldman if you're cool. You don't say Sachs at the end. Uh, how how many developers they have and and uh, applications that they're using? Because it does. Speaking of joking around about enterprise software, it kind of highlights that uh, the majority of stuff we talk about and software going on uh, actually runs. You know, if you sort of subtract out Google and Facebook, it, you know, depending on how you count it. But a huge amount, probably the majority of IT that people enjoy and suffer through is done in uh, companies that actually do deliver pizza in a box or uh, help you figure out your financial stuff. So it's always fun to peer into that. But Brandon, since you were live blogging this, and Matt, since you put together some extensive notes, lots of cutting and pasting, unless there's some sort of macro you're using I
1: don't know about. No, that was, that was cutting and pasting. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, so Brandon, why don't you start off? I think you are watching the keynote. Give us yeah, a sense of what no, was going I did. on
1: there. Yes, it was
2: It was really a very unusual keynote in the sense of there were a ton of announcements. We'll get to uh, them in just a second. But the way they uh, structured it was, I guess uh, it's Andy, and I'm, I always say his last name wrong, Jaffe, is that right, Jaffe? You know, the Jassy. CEO of, Jassy, thank you, um, the CEO of Amazon Web Services. So he came out and he's doing his kind of preamble, but he said that, uh, the way they structured it was they were gonna play five songs, right? And they had this house band. So they as they were going through, he would then kind of when like a segment was over, he would then throw it to the house band. And he just kind of said he didn't announce the songs at like at the beginning. He sort of was as they were doing it, and then each song then tied back somehow to like the theme when he came back. So I, I think it's one of these things that was probably sounded like a great idea, like when they were planning it <laughs> in the room, but I mean the the self parody like you kind of have to watch it. It's just weird. I mean it's just the strangest yeah. thing. And he's like, because I think it was Eric Clapton, uh, the George Michael one. Uh, uh, freedom, freedom was uh, that was I I just don't even know what to say when he because yeah. freedom it was uh, freedom from locking was kind of like, oh uh, he,
1: yeah did, he did was he going go in, after um, Oracle or something.
2: And so as uh, I was. Uh, Slacking with the software-defined uh, talk community, we were in there, and uh, I think everybody felt like pretty sure saw George Michael um, may he rest in peace. Uh, not uh, he when he wrote that song or sang it. That pretty much everyone agreed. Not talking about software locking. That really wasn't <laughs> what he was going for.
0: So he, he's he's clearly so clearly a fan of on-premise IT for uh, data sovereignty reasons.
2: Yeah, it's very. Like, yeah. Uh, so that I've never seen anything like it. It was just weird. But uh, Andy, I will say, not uh, very dynamic as far as a narrative storyteller, but I am, was really impressed that he spoke for a, a lot of it, not the whole thing. There was a couple of Goldman and NFL gave um, kind of like case studies. and But in between, he is a no-nonsense, like features, speeds and feeds kind of guy. I mean, it's, you know he was either mentioning a logo like somebody, you know, one of the companies that was using it and the slides behind them. I mean, I cannot tell you how long, I don't know who worked on these things. I mean, they were, when they were projected, they were just enormous. It probably had a couple thousand logos that we saw just like on the background, but he really just rapid fires. Like he doesn't just mention one company. I mean, he'll list like 10 to 15, right? You're like, okay, I get it. And then he really dove into a lot of the technology around some of like, the features on every single thing, whether it be databases, whether it be the new container stuff. And it's just a, like just a massive fire hose of features. So uh, it kind of gave me a window into like, I bet you like working for him is, is probably pretty daunting. Like he is definitely a guy that is into the details of it. So uh, and they just have so much, right, that he oh, uh, other than kind of the, the two case studies, one being Goldman and one being the NFL. And I, I kind of break that down as the Goldman was uh, the kind of the thing that you kind of everyone want had to hear. Right. They just had to have that on stage just to be like, oh, yeah, really. Yeah, we, we really do take financial security important and we work with financial people. But the presentation, I, I think we everybody in the Slack channel, we just all checked out on that. It was pretty boring. The NFL, I was like, wow, the NFL was very cool. The CTO of the NFL was was super fun to listen to, and they're doing some cool stuff about player tracking. That was really exciting. But other than those two people, he went through every single feature uh, or service pretty much on his own. With one exception, mm. they brought out the machine learning um, doc, uh, you know, PhD, and he kind of did that. But he just ran them through, though. He did not, this, you know, it's so often that we talk to Cote about, like, you know, relate to the customers, feature benefits, and, you know, in the world of Amazon, it's builders, not developers. Everyone's a builder. I didn't I didn't know we're using that word, but I guess we are. And he was just kind of catering to the builders, like, this is the new service. This is what it does. This is the news. And he kind of just walked up the stack from the very lowest level infrastructure stuff all the way kind of through management, all the way up through a whole suite of new um, AI services that they uh, added. So. Very informative, like, I mean, certainly somebody like interested in the announcements, very informative, informative, but not a lot of narrative, just a lot of speeds and feeds.
1: Oh, my God, because because there were so many, so many new services and so many new features. So when I started writing up the show notes, at first I started with, well, I'm going to have a section of just the updates. And then I realized, like, there's no point. You know, there were so many new features, you know, new services that were added. You might as well just, like, leave out the updates or you know, the show notes would be twice as long. <laughs> and they're yeah. huge. And I
2: yeah. think this is where you kind of see the the two pizza team, you know, the Conway's law kind of rearing its head. It's just it really is. You could just see that the there isn't a tremendous amount of linkage between these things. It's just like, okay, you want to run containers, this is how you do it. All right. This new database thing. Okay, onto streaming, onto IoT. So there isn't any, I mean, you just get the impression, and even the way Andy presents it, it was like. It is just a machine. Like they've decided, there's some piece of functio- functionality they're building it. It doesn't really necessarily need to, you know, fit into some bigger model in their mind. And it's just, you know, like thrown up there. So, yeah, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I mean, I guess as a set of developers, you can grab anything you want. But I mean, it is a lot to take in.
0: Yeah, it, it, the, it uh, is a the, lot. the builders, and, to to be specific, yeah. not the developers, right. builders. Right. builders.
1: Correct, the builders. Uh, uh, and one of the things I joked about last week in our our show preview was that, you know, there would be some SaaS lunches eat, <laughs> lunch eaten. And as I as I was writing this up, I I like six or seven of these new features, I was like, I wonder if there's a SaaS And for each one of them, there were like two or three, four startups that were trying to be in this space. You know, so go to the show notes. If you see lunches eaten written in the show notes, there are like three or four sasses already doing that. Yeah. And
0: you better move goes, on to dinner. You know,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I do think exactly. yeah. You know, credit to you, Matt Ray. Right? Although people on Twitter
2: weren't really crediting anyone for the prediction. I mean, you obviously called the uh, the EKS, the Amazon. Oh, that, that was
1: that was easy and obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, so that seemed you know, to be
2: you... the one where everyone was like, "Yep, yep, definitely need that." That I think like, watching the keynote, like there wasn't any like people. I think I saw some on Twitter like ooing ah, eyes. Like it really wasn't anything noise from the audience other than the Kubernetes one. That was the only one where people like really? heard some rumblings. The rest of it was. Just, a pretty quiet it's not like an apple keynote where like people are like and, and then wireless charges and then people are just are like freaking out right it's like no, nothing like that it was just like you know it's pretty quiet other than the container
1: stuff in my opinion They need to they need to mic up that audience get some yeah uh, that's true we've noise, live
2: there. A live uh, readout from uh, Mr. Chippy, see, because he was there. But uh, I
0: so, didn't, I didn't so uh, you know, obviously, we can't go through all of the stuff. But if I tell me if this is wrong, if I were to bucket out,
1: <laughs> wait, I wrote it up for nothing.
0: <laughs> if 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 I were to bucket up the things, it seems like tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like there's basically let's call it AV stuff, right? Voice and video and all of that kind yeah. of things. And then you know, video recognition and stuff. And then you have sort of just like your uh, incremental fixes to things, not fixes but additions to things, like. Some networking stuff, and there's even some bare metal thing, but it's just sort of like new functionality you have over raw infrastructure, uh, yeah. and and thing, and you know I would almost bucket security stuff in there, and then there's the bucket uh, that that you know your lunches eating that are actual hosted services uh, for for middleware things, which some of that could be sort of just incremental improvement, but some of it is a generally enough new offering, and I think in there is basically like database stuff as well from from the reading. Uh, it was it was Amazon's turn this year to make fun yeah. of Larry Ellison. So, which is uh, that's a that's sort of like a rite of passage that every tech vendor goes through. Is uh, when do you feel like you can just directly say that guy's
1: a real dick hat?
0: Uh Which which I, <laughs> I I guess they did. Um,
1: yeah, they did. They did. Well, but, going back to what what Brandon was talking about with the music, the the music kind of was the segue between the different themes of of content so so it was essentially like containers databases ai mm. machine learning and iot those were kind of the breaks
0: i left out the and machine so, learning and the ai sorry
1: about that oh there's a lot of that right oh a and, oh, and the iot and
0: then, the iot edge
1: devices a lot of that i mean there was just i what is this 20 announcements 25 announcements just new features i mean new services um and i think one of the, the I mean, obviously, each of these is who knows what they're going to turn into, but there was one just called media services, and if you dig down into that, it's a whole YouTube platform. You know, (laughs) import of video, cross compile, you know, cross uh, rendering to every format, presentation to devices, tracking. I was like, where's the embeddable player? Because it also handles uh, paying for content. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's 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 YouTube as a service, which is already a service. yeah yeah
0: i I mean to sort of state the obvious but it's it's uh and and in some of the interviews that uh that that he did he echoes a sentiment but it's very similar to like what i always thought the um the dot net and microsoft programming world value proposition was which is like we'll do everything you want to do just here on this msd and dvd just you're done (laughs) you don't you don't need to decide anything we do everything and increasingly it is uh it is there does seem to be the potential if you don't want to, like, bring in the lock controls about, like, yeah, we could just program everything in this. No problem. And uh, so there you go. But that takes me to,
2: like, the one service that that really caught my eye, and I think, Matt, I even saw you uh, tweeting a little bit about it, Fargate, the whole uh, containers yeah. on demand. Like, that, I was unsure what, I guess you know to state what it is. It's basically the ability to just run a container without having to you know actually provision any server or any orchestrator. Mm-hmm. It's Just like run this Correct. container. So that. I, you know, I, th- I was not immediately sure of like other people were doing that because I, I was like, that is pretty interesting around because this is back to, you know, our conversation about VMware last week. And then, you know, Cote, we've had that conversation about Docker and everyone basically wants to replace VMware. And it just seemed like this is like pretty close to that. Like, OK, if I can just get what I want in one of these containers, I can just go there and I will have to. I basically don't have to do anything
1: right other than just right. throw it
2: up there, which so that to me was like that. I wasn't I don't know I' know this I guess a question for you Matt. is that completely new or are people doing that already?
1: so so I actually I tweeted out on that. I was like, how is this different from Azure um, the Azure container uh, ACI, whatever the I stands for. Um, and because that was the new thing that Azure announced maybe a month ago where you can just say, I want this container running. You know you don't have to say, I need a pod, I need. A whole lot of infrastructure. You know, I don't need to deploy Kubernetes or anything. Um, and so I tweeted that, and uh, a couple of people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, they're they're kind of similar." Um, uh, you know, our, our good buddy JP pointed out that Google has something almost exactly like that in their App Engine product, where you can just say, "I want a container product," or "I want a container launched." I'd never heard of it, so. Uh, kudos to you, Google, for for uh, marketing to me. Um, <laughs> but but I, I I had you know I caught up on the thread of you know this is something you might do with with uh, with Azure and um, uh, one of the Azure product managers um, you know hit me up with some links, a video of him of them talking about this play. And so what you get into is this seamless landscape of. Maybe you have some semi-permanent, dynamic Kubernetes stuff running uh, that may be federated into EC2 instances, uh, some on-prem Kubernetes, and then you know you also have these these bursty instances where you're just like, hey, run this container, throw it into that existing VPC, you know, and it just merges into that workloads. So it's <sighs> Azure and and I probably Google, but you know, Azure and, and Amazon seem to be headed in parallel places where it's like any containers anywhere you want. Um, you can have it managed with Kubernetes, or you can have it unmanaged and just you know uh, with with ACI or Fargate.
2: And so what is the to... use case for the, this is the part I did not understand. I was like, maybe, I was like, one, this is cool. But then I was like, maybe this doesn't make any sense. Like, what is the use case, legitimate use case for a can unmanaged yeah, container? Yeah. Exactly. Writing? Like, what do you, like, uh, what do you do with that?
1: You, you use it for like uh, triggered workloads off of uh, a notification mm. um, or batch processing, right? You're just like, hey, if you see this thing come across, spin up this container, it'll process that workload and, okay. you know, and then it's, so it's done.
2: So it's kind of like a, I don't know if it's a poor man's or more complicated man's like Lambda serverless. Like if I have, I have this thing...
1: it's in that gradient right that that gradient okay. between completely serverless to well here's unmanaged containers that are going to be one off you know maybe and then and then of course the lines are really blurry cuz then you're going to have you know unmanaged pods you're going to have unmanaged ones that can join an existing pod um you know they can show up in a vpc that has ec2 instances and kubernetes and bare metal all in the same you okay. know so uh, VPC. i guess you could say it's a
2: de- in defense of like you know, so if I w- write like a node function, say, and I'm like, this is the thing I want, like the callback or whatever, right? this is the thing I want to go off, then I could, you know, use lambda. You could use something else, some other serverless platform, OpenWIS, so obviously IBM would like that, or you could take it and just whatever, just make a little container of it, right, yep. and then just put it in there, and then you're you're kind of isolating yourself from the the serverless kind of framework completely. You just, yeah, I, your container can just do whatever you want. So I guess that makes sense. I guess this is like yeah. a, as I was watching the keynote, I guess this is still, I guess we're in the process of the industry figuring this out. It's like, what is the unit of work people want to write? Like, is it just a a snippet of code in a certain framework that you upload or is it better to just package it in a container and give you all this autonomy? So I could, Yeah. you can make a and, case either way.
1: Well, and and the answer is all the above. Right. Yeah, so I was I was going I was to have... gonna say
0: if if we could figure that out, then uh, you know we could be on the the beach in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially. I mean, the the answer is all the above, which is why you know they announced the bare metal instances. Right. Uh, they announced uh, a couple new EC2 instance types, you know, that have you know higher throughput, faster writes, encrypted at rest, right. you know, bursty with a credit system. I mean. It is the unlimited, you know, the endless buffet of of compute options. You know that yeah. you bring your workload into Amazon; they're going to have something for it to run on, and they're all going to be tied together. You know, so you don't have to say, "Oh, the containers can't talk to the bare metal," you know, right. or the Lambda can't talk to you know my metal instance types. It's like, yeah, it's all there.
2: Well, I think it's interesting to think of the the whole announcement around like through the lens of like what's been settled, what isn't. Like I feel like, okay, you know, Amazon very predictably announces uh, EKS. So it's like the Kubernetes thing is like settled law. Like, okay, that's going to be orchestrate. That's going to be the container orchestration going forward. I mean, it just is like everybody's on board. Sorry, Docker. It's going to be painful. Good luck. Uh, and, and then I think you're right. Then I think what's wide open then is like, okay, well, what are all, like, what is the unit of workload? All this is going to have to play out over. Cause then they got into the whole IOG thing, which is like, Opening up the whole other thing, like know, There's a whole another way to like. And they're like,
1: like callbacks. Uh, yeah. By the way, we bought an operating system company a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, the free RTOS is, that what, is it? R-T-O-S? Yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, man, I
2: didn't, I didn't know anything about that. That was like a whole. Nother I had to crazy go read thing.
1: up on that. Right? Yeah, just crazy. I mean, and so they, they, they bought this embedded operating system company that is um, open source licensed, so you can build whatever you want. It already supports like thirty five platforms. Lots of usage, and of course, you know they make it very AWS friendly, and then so then they added all this IoT analytics, defenders, management. It's like, how do these products not overlap?
2: Mm. And I do like I did watch uh, this afternoon. So this is uh, what day is it? Thursday. So uh, what is it? the CTO? I can never say his name either. Wagner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was up, and so he went through a whole pitch about voices. The next, you know, basically an Alexa pitch, right? The Voices, mm-hmm. is where everything is going. And now having seen part of that, this makes more sense, right? I think his thing is that they want Alexa kind of everywhere, right? They want you to take this thing. And so that would make sense. Then they want all people building IOT devices to use this operating system. And then, you know, of course they easily build in all of Amazon of functionality which again that makes sense i have to be honest though i have never looked at iot operating systems so i have no idea of others exist and if <laughs> I, if this one is good so i mean so yeah. i have no idea it's probably fine it's probably good <laughs> I, I, think,
1: I think it's it's back, list... it's back
0: to the uh the pragmatic Arby's twitter account yeah probably fine <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly yeah it's amazon you know you're gonna die anyway yeah, you we, well
0: we, we, you know you know i i think i think i think to try to sum up a few things here there's a lot we should we should talk about IOT. there's, summing there's no summing up aws
1: It's
2: just no. non-stop conversation and then just abruptly end I, I think i, I think i
0: think there's a summing up you know for our uh kubernetes this week segment right so so i t- tell me if the following statement is true true so basically all the vendors and cloud providers now have kubernetes right like Yep. They, and they all have allegiance to like it's vanilla or mainline Kubernetes or whatever, right? So it's not like the weird open stack thing where there's different modules doing different things. So in theory, one, you've got this compatibility of your knowledge. So you can slide between all these different instances and uh, set up your pods and all that stuff. Now, the other thing that's confusing is you've got this whole uh, serverless thing going on which is either a function that you're sending in or a container that you're sending somewhere. And I guess the container is like a lot more than just a function, but it follows a similar sort of pattern of usage. So someone should probably figure out just doing one of those types of things. That'd be pretty confusing if, if you did two of them. sounds really annoying. Um, and then, so it seems like, so everyone has access to Kubernetes on-premise or off-premise. And then, and then uh, you're like, so how, why would I pay one or the other? And so it seems like, and, and I think uh, this is the... I don't know if you would even call it a strategy, but the approach that every vendor is going to have is they're basically going to be like, I, I got better services. Yep. And then that's, that's why you would pick them. So I, uh, I finished writing up this Kubernetes piece that I had. I'll put a link to it if, if uh, listeners want to get a preview, but that's good to hear because I think that's what I basically shoulder shruggy concluded is that uh, Kubernetes is just like this has become maybe unintentionally, whatever, a neutralizing force to basically yeah. just take out that layer. Basically everything from Kubernetes down to some, not exactly IaaS, but in the same way that in the, I don't know, when did this start happening? The early, early 2000s, that the hardware that you ran on became very meaningless. And Sun was like desperately trying to say that your hardware was be- very meaningful. But the actual <laughs> infrastructure that you're running on was just, didn't matter, right? And similarly, like you, you could sort of see in the same way, right? Uh, that for the most part, the infrastructure as a service that you're running on is not that big of a deal compared to all these right. other services and stuff you have up there. Now, of course, you know, you might want your M1 to 5 or whatever and all this kind of stuff, but that stuff all gets rationalized away and there's little differentiation in there, which, I mean, I guess that's a good outcome that you're competing on features. Um, and it's, you know, it again it again belies the whole, is belied the right word? It again sort of exposes the whole absurd nature of caring about lock-in because you're like, yeah, I mean... You're going to lock into all those services. So what are you complaining Mm -hmm. about, right? Like, it's 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 not like I'm sure someone in the Eclipse and Apache Foundation and other places are going to try to make abstraction layers. You know, not that any organization I work enjoys wrapping abstraction layers around uh, industry standard things, um, where they try to hide all that away. But at the end of the day, you're probably just going to directly access all these things and uh, be locked into it, which which is fine. That's a, uh, as, as I, think, I think Software Defined talks, uh, business rule number one, not only have something people can pay for, but get them to pay for it. So uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, want, you want to be able to collect money for something and have, have a, a uh, what, what's a more positive version for, for lock-in? Um, have it be desirous and uh, yeah. difficult to leave. Because why would you want to leave? Like, it's sort of like, you're, it's not that you're locked into a well-cooked steak it's just the other options are not as good, so there you go. Well cooked steak strategy. I don't know if that pans out. So anyway, and then and then on the IoT thing, you know, I was talking with some people, some of the listeners here, asking them uh, in their business how real IoT was, and they had an interesting wrinkle to all of it, which was like, yeah, I mean, you know, at the edge, maybe this is why people say edge so much. Like that stuff, they didn't he didn't exactly say it this way, but that stuff is fine. But the real problem is like networking. Right, like If you've got all of these different devices out there, we just sort of take for granted uh, that networking works, but actually it doesn't. It's extremely unreliable for getting all of that data sent back somewhere to do something with. So uh, right. we'll see. Maybe that would be a, that'd be a nice feature to work, networking, to get all your IoT done. Well, Ugh. yes, I always enjoy some networking. I was just telling Brandon earlier that I never learned the difference between a, a switch, a router, and an access point and whatever crimping is. So, uh, well, uh, with that, why don't we go into the recommendations? Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend for us this week or to us?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's been a bit of a slow week, uh, but uh, I did come across a a very entertaining YouTube uh, video. Um, You know, Sun Tzu's uh, Art of War, you know, the the classic uh, college textbook. Uh, or dorm room reading um, mm. <laughs> with the uh, with the soundtrack provided by the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, it's entertaining for you know what it is. So that's that's my. I, I,
0: I like I like the idea of the business moguls and the Wu Tang Clan like taking super seriously <laughs> the art of war and, and and you know sitting in a conference room and being like, "Yo, always keep the sun at your back." Know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take the high ground.
0: You know, and I would like to sub recommend uh, again if you don't follow in Twitter the Wu Tang Financial uh, account, that's endless exactly. entertainment and actually pretty rock solid financial advice if if you were to follow it. So, how about yourself, Brandon? What do you recommend?
2: Well, in your absence last week, Coach a, I got a chance to actually do a little post production on uh, the the audio stuff. So, hopefully, it was. It was good. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. But I did get to learn a good new tool that I know you like as well. Uh, it's a Hindenburg. No, not the uh, the giant blimp that blew up, but the Hindenburg audio. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Radio. I think it's like uh, tools for making radio. But anyway, it's a great way if you're getting into podcasting and you want to edit, do some audio editing, but you don't want to be confused by all the musician talk. Uh, so download Hindenburg they have a 30-day trial they have excellent videos that explain to you very quickly how to use it and they're done by someone I think from Sweden and his accent is very relaxing so mm-hmm. you will both learn and uh, be sort of like a little bit of a, a yoga kind of meditation feel to it so uh, I'm sure people out there are trying to do podcasting or maybe do some editing so if you're tired of GarageBand try Hindenburg.
0: Yeah, it it is. I mean, speaking of uh, you know revitalizing meditation, you don't even have to go on a hike. You can just sit there and watch the videos with the Swedish guy explaining how to do ducking. It's uh, it's very entertaining. Well, so I've got I've got a couple things to go over. One is revisiting a recommendation before. So uh, several episodes ago, I recommended this book, uh, "Programming Inequality," about the uh, the sort of history of uh, the role of gender, specifically, uh, you know. Obviously, well, women, I guess both sexes or genders uh, in in the history of British computing. And I made the point that it doesn't really make that many points. But I started paying attention as I've been finishing the book. And there's plenty of points made. So it's uh, very thorough in that. It, it still is a bit like lengthy and wordy. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, yeah, it's a very, very long book. But it's it's worth reading to like figure out uh, obvious missteps that people made and to extract out some abstract patterns to start uh, catching Uh, to make sure that we as a whole don't repeat them again because it is, um, yeah, it's fascinating because a lot of it analyzes government IT hiring practices, which I guess they had to put in public record. So there's a lot of these fascinating meeting minute notes and memos that are just like balls out crazy (laughs) in things that they say and reasoning that they have. So you can uh, track it pretty easily. So it's called uh, Programming Inequality or Programmed Inequality. I forget, but it's, it's, it's a good book. Um, and the next, uh, I, I, I think the recommendation is it, it's a bit of, bit of a, a new plan that I put myself on here. So uh, I'm always trying to figure out if, if, if I start uh, having, if I start drinking around dinner time, I have a few glasses of wine. Does that make the whole bedtime routine with my kids more difficult because I like, you know, lose a little bit of control of my faculties? Because I don't know about y'all, but they don't understand this whole notion of like we do the same three things every night. You got to brush your teeth you know, get ready for bed, and then we're going to read a book, and then you go to sleep. And for some reason, they just sort of think about it as like, now is our, uh, it's Loki time. We're just going to reinvent the way that life works every single night around bedtime. So it can be a little frustrating. So what I, at first I decided maybe I shouldn't uh, just drink during the week. But then I thought maybe after they go to bed, I can give myself one little drink and relax and I think I think that's working out well it uh i, I still have the uh, Cardinal Mendoza brandy de jurez that's a good thing to get, but you know maybe if you're a little concerned, you just shift it around a little bit to uh your adult time. see how that works out oh, and also thanks to Brand's recommendation, we finished uh watching Mindhunter, Hunter, which is uh it's a good show It's a good enough show that like i was I was dismayed when it ended, and then to pile on another one. <laughs> What what's the name of that movie about the making of man on the moon that's in Netflix? That's that's a really good one with uh it's, it has like Jim Carrey in it and there was all this behind the scene footage of when he was being Andy Kaufman and uh, just watching his commentary in the present in that movie is is really it's I think about that like almost every day since I read it. it's really interesting to hear he's basically as far as I can tell talking about a bunch of like you know Buddhist stuff and uh, selflessness but he he has a fun way of putting it and he kind of gives like a dumb little comment at the end that they should have edited out, but whatever. Anyhow, as always, this has been Software. Yeah, so that one is uh, yeah. Jim
2: and Andy. There you the go. The great beyond. And, of course, we'll just one more time, we'll thank our friends at Solowinds, mm. solowinds.com, slash SDT. Go there, sign up, get a
0: T-shirt, tell them Software Defined Talk sent you. That's right. That's right. Enjoy. Enjoy the mom, as always. Uh, but, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to uh, check out episodes and look at all those things in the show notes, the recommendations, find a link to the members-only thing you can sign up for to get even more content each week, Uh, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com. And uh, if you want to get the show notes, because we have a fancy hosting platform, you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 113, this being episode 113, and uh, you can find those show notes. And uh, with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye.